Hi friends, this is Will Dyer, the pastor here at the First Baptist Church of Augusta. Welcome to our podcast. I hope the message that you are about to hear will give you some joy in your day. But more than that, I hope that this message will connect you to Jesus. The mission of our church is to connect people to Jesus Christ in a community of faith. And it is my greatest hope that the message you are about to hear will better connect you with Jesus and His way in the world. Hi friends, I want to invite you to turn with me in your Bibles this morning to Proverbs chapter 16. And in just a moment, we're going to read verses 23 and 24. We're continuing on in our series, Wisdom for the Way. And if you missed the beginning of our series last week, I want to invite you to go to our website, discoverfbc.org, and you can catch up on what you missed. Or you can download our podcast on Google, uh, Apple Podcasts, or any other platform that you might be using. But today, we're going to continue on. And I want to begin by reading from Proverbs chapter 16, verses 23 and 24. I invite you to listen now. The hearts of the wise make their mouths prudent, and their lips promote instruction. Gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. (laughs) All right. So I'm going to ask you a question, and I want you to just say the first thing that comes to your mind, okay? What do you think of when I say the word fly? What do you think of when I say the word fly? Now, for some of you, what you immediately think of is that annoying insect that just buzzes around your head, and we buy swatters to wipe it out of existence, For others of you, when I say the word fly, what you think about is what an airplane does. (laughs) And for some of you, when I say the word fly, what you think about is a mechanism on your blue jeans or your pants that you zip up. The word fly has a multitude of meanings. And that is the case with lots of words in the English language. Because English, friends, is complex, it's complicated, and it's beautiful. It is this fantastic thing that we have that allows us to communicate with other human beings. There was a study done just a few years ago by Brandeis University, and this blew my mind. Do you know how many words there are in the English language? Just take a guess. How many words are there? 100,000? 200,000? 500,000? No, not even close. According to Brandeis University, in the English language, there are well over one million words. One million words. Now, the fact is, I don't think anybody I know has a vocabulary of a million words. But, but, According to that same Brandeis University study, what they found is that the average person has a vocabulary between 20,000 and 30,000 words, words that we are able to use to paint pictures of reality and to build people up and tear people down. 20 to 30,000 words. That's amazing. And English is complex. If you look up the word why 
in the Oxford English Dictionary, that one word, why, they use five pages and 15,000 words to simply describe for non-English speakers that one single word. (laughs) Yeah, the English language is complex. It is fascinating, and it is beautiful, filled with over a million words. And friends, here's what we know, that words matter, that words are important, that words can create worlds. If you have any doubt about that, for those of us who follow Jesus, all you need to do is to open up your Bibles and turn to the first page, the book of Genesis, the very beginning of creation, where what do we read in the story but God speaks and creation comes into existence. Yes, friends, words matter, and words can create worlds. The fact is, friends, that words and the way that we use them, they can build people up to the highest of highs, and at the same time, they can tear people down to the lowest of lows. Words have that kind of power One of my favorite psalms is a psalm of lament. It's a psalm of sadness. It's spoken by this man, David, who was a great king in the history of Israel. And I love David's rawness where he says in one of the most famous psalms that his enemies throw words at him like flaming arrows trying to pierce his soul. Yes, friends, words have the ability to build us up, and words also have the ability to tear us down, (laughs) which is funny because when I was a kid, I I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, I was taught that old school saying, right, sticks and stones can break my bones, but, you want to finish it? (laughs) Words will never hurt me. Sticks and stones can break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And while I appreciate the sentiment behind that saying, the fact of the matter is, it's not true. That sticks and stones can break your bones, and also words can hurt you. Words have power and authority, and words can create worlds. And so for us, as followers of Jesus, and even if you're watching this morning and you're not a follower of Jesus, and you're just tuning in maybe for the first time, what I want us to do is to consider as we seek to live well in 2021, as the point of this series is to help this year be our best year yet, what I want us to do is to stop for just a moment and consider how we might use our words to make the world a better place. Because, guys, we live in this fast-paced culture. We live running at a breakneck pace where far too often we don't ever stop and consider the impact of what we say and the impact of what we do. And if we want to live well, if we want to live at at right relationship with God and in right relationship with each other, then we need to stop and consider the power and the impact of our words. 
using the book of Proverbs as our guide as we're doing throughout this whole series, what we realize is that again and again and again, Solomon and those other figures of wisdom, they talk to kings and queens and other people about how to use their words well. One of my favorite translations, particularly of the Proverbs, is by this man, I've talked to you about him before, Eugene Peterson. And in Proverbs chapter 18, when talking about the ability of words to create these beautiful things and realities in the world, King Solomon says this in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 20 and 21, that words satisfy the mind as much as the stomach, that good talk is as gratifying as a good harvest. Words kill. Words give life. They are either poison or fruit. You decide. (laughs) According to the Proverbs, words kill or words give life. And you get to decide how you will use them. And so that's what I want us to do is to consider how we use our words for good or for ill in the world in which we live. Because, friends, I have to tell you the reality of the moment in which we live is that we have a problem with words in our current culture. We have a serious problem with words in our current culture. And and I hope that doesn't come as a surprise to many of you. But, but for me, as I was preparing for this series, what I did, and I've done it before, and it's not a super fun exercise, but as I'm exploring the power of words to build up and tear down, I, I embarked on an experiment. I listened to talk radio. I listened to talk radio about politics in particular, on the left and on the right. I listened to those like Rush Limbaugh and then Rachel Maddow. And then I watched cable news, much the same way. And and then, friends, I listened to our politicians. And I listened to the rhetoric that they have been using. Not just in the week past Wednesday where the Capitol was invaded by those thugs and bandits, but the language that we have been using over the course of the past few years. How do we describe each other? And the results, my friends, isn't positive. As I listen to the way that we are describing each other, what did I hear? But I heard these talking heads on the radio and these politicians who lead our country, and then I heard it trickle down into the language that we use as normal people on social media and in conversation, and we are describing each other as crazy It's crazy, as insane. We're describing each other as wicked, as liars. We're describing each other as animals and dogs. And then in what is one of the most heartbreaking things that I've heard recently, on both sides of the aisle and everyone in between, what I have heard is the language of evil. Evil. 
Not to describe someone's actions, but to describe the core of who they are. And politicians say this man is evil and this woman is wicked. And I don't just hear politicians saying it, but I hear people who claim the name of Jesus Christ calling others evil and wicked and beyond redemption. And I need to stop for just a moment because our problem with words is ultimately a theological problem for us. Because the moment you call someone evil, not their actions, because people's actions can be evil, their actions can be wicked. But the moment you call another human being evil or wicked, you have forgotten, my friends, that we are all created in the image of God. And beyond that, as Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ, need I remind you that what Paul says is that all all Republicans and Democrats and independents and whites and blacks and everyone in between, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But thanks be to Jesus Christ who died for us and redeemed us, who put us in right relationship with God and each other. You see, the fact of the matter is, for those of us that say we follow Jesus, when we take a deep look inside of our own hearts, we realize that we all have the ability to be wicked. But none of us is beyond redemption. And none of us is beyond the saving love and grace of Jesus Christ. So friends, listen, we have a language problem. We have forgotten that our words create worlds. And please, by all means, if someone does something that is evil, name it as such. If someone does something that is just so out of line with the promise and the purpose of God, then call it for what it is. But another human being, regardless of who they are or where they come from, no one, no one is beyond the grace of Jesus. And so we undoubtedly have a problem with the way we are using our words in this culture in which we find ourselves. And, and so we as followers of Jesus, but also you who are not following Jesus and just watching this morning, the question we have to ask is how do we live in a better way? How do we live in a way that is countercultural, that shows the world there is in fact a better way forward, that isn't based on division and hatred, but a way forward that says life can be better and things can be good. In particular, as followers of Jesus Christ, how do we use our words to create a better world? And this is exactly the moment where I love the book of Proverbs because it is so incredibly practical for us. It tells us in no uncertain terms what we need to do in order to use our words to create a world that is filled with generosity, a world that is filled with hope, a world that is filled with compassion and sees the endless possibility for God to redeem and renew and recreate all things. Your words, friends, they matter and if we want this year 
to be our best year yet, collectively as a group, but also for you as an individual, then it begins by understanding that God is with us and for us and ahead of us. But then the next step is to consider how do we use our words? (laughs) And I love what Proverbs said. I read it a little bit earlier to you. That the heart of the wise make their mouths prudent and their lips promote instruction. Gracious words are like honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Whoever wrote that proverb was writing before whatchamacallits were a candy bar or Fifth Avenue came on the scene. But you get the point. Gracious words, kind words, they are as sweet as honey. They are healing to the soul and good for the bones. Friends, if you want to use your words well, to build up a better community, and to live in a fuller and richer way for yourself. If I can paraphrase what the Proverbs say to us, here is what we need to do. Are you ready? If we want to use our words to create a better world, then number one, we will be thoughtful when we speak. Be thoughtful. Be considerate about the words that you use. And then the second thing that we will do is that we will be positive with our words. We will be positive with our words. We will build people up and not tear people down. So those are the two things that I want us to focus on for just a few moments. Being thoughtful with our words and being positive with our words. Now, the first The Proverbs say that the prudent use their words wisely. So how do we begin to be more thoughtful with our words? And I love, I absolutely love this saying. It was written by a man named Blaise Pascal, writing a letter to some of his friends and colleagues. Pascal, at the beginning of his letter, has somewhat of an apology Pascal, this incredible French theologian and philosopher writing in the 1600s. Listen to what he says. If I had more time, I would have written you a shorter letter. If I had more time, I would have written you a shorter letter. Yeah, I like that, don't you? What he's saying is, if I had been able to sit and be reflective, If I had been able to take a moment and pause and consider the impact of the words that I was going to use, then I would have written or said to you significantly less than I am about to. Measure your words wisely. If I had more time, I would have said much less. Be thoughtful with your words. Jesus, in the Sermon on the Mount, in what I talked about last week, the greatest sermon that has ever been written. There's a section on prayer where Jesus is teaching us how we are to have conversation with God, the creator of all things. And and fascinatingly, what Jesus says is this, that when you pray, when you talk to God, don't be like the hypocrites Hypocrite, the word for literally means to wear a mask. It was a word used of actors in ancient Greco-Roman culture. Don't be like those people that put on a mask and pretend and play. Jesus says those people like to be heard for the number of words that they are using. They babble 
and they go on and they never stop talking. Jesus says, don't be like that. God knows what you need before you even ask it. So simply go and pray to God and be honest with the state of your heart. And he lays out for us the Lord's prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Yeah. That's it. When when you talk to God, you don't need to go on and on and on, but simply tell God what's on your heart and your mind, and that, my friends, is enough. Be thoughtful with the words that you use. And, And if Jesus teaches us that that is how we ought to talk to God, the creator of all things, then I think it's probably a pretty good idea that we use that way of talking when we relate to other people. Be thoughtful with the words that you are using. Be prudent with your words. It was just a few weeks ago, and I was sitting down for uh, coffee. Coffee with someone that I don't spend a whole lot of time with, but I need to be honest with you, I don't enjoy getting coffee with this person. And, And I'll tell you why. Because every single time I meet with this person, how are you doing, I'll begin the conversation, and they jump right in. I'm not doing great, and this isn't great, and this isn't good, and it's a 10-minute opening sentence with no periods or commas, just a lot of exclamation points. And and then the question is asked of me, how are you doing? And I'll offer a few words, and no kidding, right before I even finish my sentence, there they go again, talking and talking and talking. You see, there's a difference between listening and simply waiting for your turn to speak. And if we want to use our words in a way that builds people up, in a way that brings about instruction and goodness and kindness in the world, then the first thing that the Proverbs say we are to do is to be thoughtful in the way that we use our words. So when you talk to someone, let there be a pause. Let there be a break. You don't have to speak before they're done getting the words out of their mouth. Because all that tells us is you're not listening in the first place. Be thoughtful with your words. Don't go on and on like the pagans do, Jesus says. Be thoughtful with the words that you say. Pascal said, if I had more time, I would have written less. And so if we want our words to be used for goodness and love in this world, then we begin by being thoughtful thoughtful with what we say. (laughs) There have been more than one occasion where I, and it's probably a good exercise for you, will type something out on my smartphone ready to post it on Facebook or Twitter, and then I have to delete it and write it again and delete it and write it again. And undoubtedly, any time I do that, I come out with more clarity of voice. But more importantly, I come out with more love for other people. I want you to try that this week, my friends. 
Don't just type something out and then press send, but type it out and sit with it and pray over it and lean on it and ask yourself, is this wise? Is this good? Does it build people up or tear people down? Be thoughtful with the words that you say. That's the first thing that the author of Proverbs teaches us. But then the second thing that they teach us is this. Be positive with the words that you use. Be positive with the words that you use because you have the ability to build people up and make the world a better place. One of the earliest disciples of Jesus was this man named Paul. And remember, Paul had been one of the fiercest critics of the Jesus movement. Paul had given his life to wiping followers of Jesus off the planet. But then, when he had an encounter with the resurrected Christ, his life was fundamentally altered. Not only the way he lived, but the way he thought, the way he spoke. And he passed on this good way to all the churches that he founded and came into contact with. And there's one church in particular, this church in a city called Thessalonica, that he is writing to them and explaining how can we live the Jesus way in a world that is so often hostile to us, in a world where virtues are not consisting of kindness and goodness and generosity, but they consist of arrogance and greed. How can we live a better way? And at the very end of his letter, I love what Paul says. And it applies to the church at Thessalonica, but it applies just as much to us. Where Paul says this, that Jesus died for us, so that whether awake or asleep, that means dead or asleep, dead or alive, that we may live together with Jesus. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. Paul says, Jesus died for us. He loves us so much that He gave His life and He's resurrected and reigns over all of creation. So let's model His way in the world and build each other up and speak positive words that enrich the soul. That's what we do as Jesus' people. You know, one of my favorite stories in Luke's gospel is the story of Zacchaeus. If you grew up in church at all, what you know is the song that goes along with it. And forgive me if you didn't grow up in church, I'll give you a little ditty. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he, and he climbed up in the sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. Now, what the story doesn't teach us is that Zacchaeus was a tax collector. Zacchaeus was a tax collector for the Roman Empire, the hated overlord of the Jews. And so Zacchaeus, this Jewish man, would have been absolutely hated by his fellow citizens. They would have called him a traitor. They would have called him evil. They would have called him wicked. As a matter of fact, in the story in Luke chapter 19, Jesus comes walking along this road in Jericho. And Zacchaeus climbs up in a tree to get a glimpse of Jesus. And Jesus says, come on down, Zacchaeus, because I want to have dinner with you. 
Let's go to your house today. And when all the religious people saw Jesus with this hated Roman tax collector, what they said, predictably so, look at Jesus. He is having time and eating dinner with that sinner. Jesus goes into the house of Zacchaeus and he shares this incredible meal and imparts words of goodness to him. And Jesus, as he stands up to go on his way, says to Zacchaeus that salvation has come to this house today, Zacchaeus, because you are a child of Abraham. While that might not mean much to us, what Jesus is saying in a way that has more power and goodness than anything we can imagine, Jesus is saying to Zacchaeus, you are one of God's beloved children. You are part of the family. And Zacchaeus, for the last few years, people have beaten you down and told you how worthless and reckless you are, but I am here to announce a better story that salvation has arrived, Zacchaeus, and you are a child of Abraham. (sighs) If Jesus does that once, He does it a thousand times, going around and announcing the good news that the kingdom of God has arrived and new life is possible. Positivity and grace will reign. Jesus uses His words to build people up. A few years ago, there was this YouTube video uh, of a son and his, or a father and his daughter, and they're getting ready for school. And, and it's one of those videos that just spoke to my soul because it's showing us a better way forward, filled with positivity, exposing the power of words to bring goodness to life. Take a moment, and I want you to just watch a second of this video. Say, I am strong. I am strong. Say, I am smart. I am smart. Say, I work hard. I work hard. I am beautiful. I am beautiful. I am respectful. I am respectful. Yeah. Say, I'm not better than anyone. I'm not better than anyone. Nobody's better than me. No one's better than me. I am amazing. I am amazing. I am great. I am great. What's your name? Aaliyah Austin. Did you see her eyes? They were as bright as the sun. As this father says to his daughter, you are smart. You are brave. You are beautiful. And God has made you this way. I don't know about you, friends, but I want to be a person that speaks those words of goodness, not only to my daughters, but to everyone I come across in this world. That your identity is a child of God. 
And I will call you out when you make mistakes and we will name them for what they are. But friend, you are brave and strong, created by God. Your words matter. If you want this year to be the best year that you have had, then we need to commit ourselves to do these two things, to be thoughtful with our words, to consider the implications of what we say, and then to use those words to build people up, to be a force of positivity and goodness in the world. I heard someone say the other day, and I love this so much, that Jesus tells us the kingdom of God is within us. And if the kingdom of God is within us, then why don't we leave a little bit of heaven in every place where we go? And one of the ways we can do that is by using our words for good. And so I want to challenge you this week, together with me, we're going to do something. That uh, We're going to do a few things that, number one, we are going to be thoughtful about what we post, whether it is on social media or in form of email. We're going to be thoughtful about what we post. And here's what we're going to do. Before you hit send, before you hit go, I want you to say these simple words from the prayer of St. Francis of Assisi. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. And before you hit send, before you hit go, before you launch those words out into the world, you will at least pause for a moment and ask the question, does this bring the goodness of God into the world? Far too often, friends, the answer, if we ask that question, is no. But this week we begin a new way forward. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace in the words that I use with my mouth and the words that I type with my thumb. Be thoughtful about the words that you use. And the second thing that we are going to do this week, I want you to commit yourself to be positive. To not say a negative word about a single person or thing. Your mama taught you, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Not only did your mama teach that, but Jesus did too. So let's be positive this week. And even in moments of correction and instruction, we can find a way to say things with love. How are you going to be positive this week? And in particular, I want to challenge you because there's one person, one person that gets under your skin more than any other. It might be a coworker, it might be a friend. Going throughout the course of this week, it might even be your spouse. And I want you to commit. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Speak grace. Speak kindness. 
speak love into the world. Jesus said to Zacchaeus, salvation has come to this house. You, my friend, are a child of Abraham. Words create worlds. Words create worlds. And so, my friends, I wonder, how will you create a better world this week? I pray that you will. Let's take a moment now and let's offer God a prayer. Lord, we are grateful for this morning, for the opportunity to come and spend some time with these Proverbs. And Lord, as we've already talked about, the culture in which we live, (laughs) we're in a bad place. And people are cynical and they are angry. And God, we as followers of Jesus can offer a better way. So for each of my friends who is watching online this week, oh God, help us to consider, not just today, but in every interaction we have with face-to-face humans and also online, God, this week, help us to ask the question, how can we be thoughtful and how can we use our words to bring goodness to life? God, make us an instrument of your peace. Help us to know that this year can be our best year yet. But it begins, O Lord, by creating beautiful worlds with the words that we use. Help us to do that, O God. This is our prayer, and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.